0: Podcast Let's talk about the weather. Hi there! Welcome to our new podcast series. It's episode number three, which we are recording today. And in this episode, we're going to talk about rainfall and a lot more. My name is Martin Mali, and I'm happy to introduce today's guests. These are Kurt Nemeth and Brad Gay. Welcome, guys!
1: Hi, hey, good morning. Welcome,
0: Welcome everybody. So uh, normally, we would have welcomed you in person at the Meteorological Technology World Expo. But in this year, uh, everything is different, you know. And this is why we started this podcast series. I said that we will talk about rainfall and more. So the technical term for this is precipitation. And uh, we have two experts for that. This is Kurt Nemet, who is uh, with Odd Hydromet for... For 15 years. Yeah, one, a decade and a half. Um, Kud is the product manager for um, precipitation monitoring and more. And uh, Brad Gay is with us from the UK. And he's the sales uh, manager, right, for the British um, Islands, but also a studied meteorologist.
1: Yeah, that's right, Martin. I I handle sales for our meteorology portfolio here in the UK, uh, and I studied meteorology uh, in the USA. Cool. It's great to have you here, uh, to have two real
0: experts to talk about precipitation sensors. Um, I'm not the expert, but I've learned that we have some different kinds of uh, measurement principles. So maybe to start, uh, what types of precipitation sensors um, do we have? Yeah. In general, we have the
2: traditional technology based on tipping bucket. Uh, um, Measurement technology. So it's more or less a mechanical device. In 2000, um, Odd HydroMet has invented the OT Pluvia 2 as a weighing precipitation gauge. So it operates like a very similar, to like a, a weighing scale, and measures the, the increased weight
0: of the falling precipitation. So we have a kind of bucket which collects precipitation and we measure the weight of it, right?
2: That's correct. And uh, this tipping bucket gauges is also a kind of small bucket and uh, due to the gravity principle and rules, it tips to the other side when this small bucket is full.
0: We have still another precipitation sensor which measures the kind of precipitation. It's called the Parseville. Could you explain briefly what this is? Uh, the
2: possible is uh, in technical terms a distrometer and it measures simultaneously the velocity and size of each hydrometeor, and converts it to its individual water equivalent information and finally can process um, comprehensive precipitation data such as uh, precipitation, intensity, cumulative precipitation, type of precipitation, and others.
0: Okay, Brad, as the meteorologist in this call, uh, could you tell me how do you measure precipitation uh, for a weather forecast and what kind of sensors uh, meteorologists typically use?
1: Well, it really depends on on what your application is, Um, whether you need really accurate um precipitation quantity data maybe that's for for climatology or for for weather forecasting or if you need um need to understand exactly which type of precipitation is falling for example if you want to know if it's uh if it's raining or snowing or if there's um there's ice pellets falling or or grapple even um then you might use something like a parsable to identify um identify that type of um precipitation. Um, or lastly, sometimes the most important thing is just to simply know if it's raining or not. Um, for example, maybe you're managing uh, managing a building or managing a roadway and the thing you just want to know is if there's rain falling from the sky so that you can decide, say, you want to close a roof or send out someone to put salt on a road. And in that case, you might actually use a, uh, a fourth type of precipitation sensor, which is our our radar precipitation sensors.
0: So, a lot to consider when choosing the right instrument. Um, could you said that the Pluvio 2 is has been introduced in the year 2000, so it's been quite a while. Um, how many units and um, did we deploy in this time?
2: Um, yeah, we have delivered, uh, and uh, this is uh, recently also kind of deployment rate information around uh, 20,000 units worldwide to different climate zones and uh, applications. And um, this type of sensors is extremely reliable in terms of maintenance schedules and is designed to monitor liquid and solid precipitation as well. So, most of our Customers and clients are uh, referred to or are located uh, in countries of the Northern Hemisphere.
1: Yeah, I think um, part of the reason why we've been so successful with the Pluvio is, is that low maintenance design, where um, I think some of the beauty in the Pluvio is, is its simplicity, where you have this open bucket that doesn't require much maintenance other than an occasional occasional emptying, so it's fine with both liquid and solid precipitation. And then, uh, of course, the very sensitive scale within the pluvio. I like to think of it almost like um, a bit like a, a high-powered kitchen scale, where if you think about if you're baking, um, you need to measure exactly maybe how much flour to put in. So each individual grain is showing up on that scale. It's like that, but rainfall uh, or snowfall. So it's measuring very finely as, as each individual drop is is falling in to be able to accurately and reliably determine both precipitation quantity and intensity. So you told me that this is a bucket,
0: an open bucket. Um, Unfortunately, we cannot show this to to our listeners. Uh, You could have a glimpse at our internet page and look for the Pluvio. But for now, could you just briefly describe how this instrument looks like?
2: Yeah, the instrument uh, has a a large collector in order to be Able to uh, serve for a longer period of uh, measuring time. So, our design um, was uh, related to the voice of the customers that they want to measure um, minimum uh, a one year annual precipitation with that instrument without uh, proceeding any maintenance during that uh, time. So, the Collecting capacity, therefore, is around 1,500 millimeter, respective 750 millimeter. Uh, what, uh, that, and that depends on the orifice of the of the instruments. We have two orifices with 200 and 400 square centimeters, and uh, we almost meet the national standard of the metallurgical services in this regards. So then we have... a a pipe house uh, to protect uh, the collecting bucket and beneath that we have the weighing system. The weighing system is very sensitive and very accurate, and as or, or as Brad said, it's it's really, um, it has set sensitivity as a kitchen weight scale, and it must have it, because uh, the resolution is 001 millimeter and, and converted into grams. Um, it's about um, 0.2 grams resolution, and... Um, that's really the secret behind the design of such an instrument
1: yeah, and I think that, that this this design that's both extremely durable and extremely accurate um, has led the instrument to be uh, to be suitable for measurement in all types of climates and all types of um, terrain and geography, so yeah you can use it for for something as simple as measuring rainfall outside of our office in, um, in Bavaria, um, or you could also take it to a more extreme environment like a remote desert or, or we have some high in the mountains in the Alps at, at over, over 3000 meters in altitude. So yeah, the, the versatility and, uh, and durability of the instrument, um, makes it a really good tool for, for meteorological services to, uh, to measure precipitation. Yeah, so just to
2: the, just to mention some records on altitude so our highest precipitation site is very close to the peak of the Mont Blanc so uh, that location is around 4800 meters in ele- in altitude and this is the highest mountain in in the Alps this is the highest, and then then we we have another record uh, in the Himalaya uh, area, but um, I do not really the exact dates and uh,
0: uh, of, of that installation and location. Okay, when we talk about twenty thousand units which we delivered um, from the old Pluvio, um, it will be surely interesting for a lot of listeners um, that we just put out um, a modification or a modified version. Kurt, can you tell us something about this?
2: Yeah, let's start uh, with, uh, with the precipitation monitoring issue generally, uh, because each technology has its uh, weakness, and uh, coming back to the mechanical design of the dipping bucket system, they fail or they are out of operation if dust or any debris blocks the funnel. And in this regards, uh, the National Weather Services has uh, investigated and uh, um, are a kind of interpolation method to interpolate, uh, in this case, when the system is out of order, um, the precip- precipitation data from neighbor sites. So, with the Pluvio, it's it's different. It uh, shows rarely false precipitation at sunny conditions. Because uh, at, uh, in the past uh, the instrument has uh, a kind of weakness in this regards that uh, the temperature compensation, with uh, affecting over a uh, high temperature gradient, uh, was compensated and uh, uh, and uh, calibrated, but nevertheless, uh, and at some specific days, the instrument shows a low amount of precipitation daily rate and uh, we have figured out that we have to improve our um, our temperature compensation in this regards and uh, now we have uh, invented uh, a new kind of mechanical uh, design which uh, significantly improves this uh, thermal compensation and uh, the result is that the instrument now provides really a, um, a minimum of false precipitation in terms of the magnitude and the frequency.
0: All right. So I understand that the technical issue was that when the sun is heating up the the outpluvio too much, then the weight gauge is becoming a bit heavier, and this, uh, in rare cases. Results in a slightly a slight rain signal, right? That's correct, and um,
2: this is a very complex. It it sounds really easy, but it's a very complex uh, induced error on the on the on this very sensitive and high accurate uh, weight scale, because. Uh, uh, we, in this regards, the non-homogeneous temperature on all the surfaces has led to that uh, problem. And uh, now we have uh, invented that uh, we have really stable um, temperature conditions on the main part of the instrument. And, and this is the load cell. And uh, that has been invented and uh, solved by that
0: thermal insulation of the load cell. That's great to hear. Um, so, do we have any other updates on uh, instruments that we are delivering and producing? Uh, another update um,
2: with that me- new mechanical index and improvement is the corresponding firmware. So, also the firmware is now well adapted to that mechanical design and index and will also provide additional um, compensation on the on the wind induced problem and error, and also will reduce significantly the false precipitation in this regards and improve also the data measurement or precipitation measurement during the precipitation event and in, in in common with
0: high wind speeds. All right. So when the firmware will be available, users can download it on our webpage, page, www.autohydromed.com. Um, we talked about the amount of precipitation now, um, but you mentioned that we have instruments or there are instruments that can also distinguish between different types of precipitation. Um, so, so, Brad, what kind of instrument
1: can do this? Yeah, so as as Kurt mentioned earlier, that would be the the odd parsifal too. So that's our our distrometer, which identifies um the exact uh exact size and velocity of each um each particle of precipitation that that falls through um in between its two sensors. So from there uh we're able to decode exactly which type of precipitation um that would be so. For example, um, for example, you would find that uh, raindrops are a lot um, smaller but faster than snowflakes falling through um, falling through the sensor. So, from uh, yeah, from this information, the Parsable is able to determine exactly the type of precipitation that's falling at a given time. So there
0: is an algorithm behind it that detects. What kind of signal fits to which kind of precipitation then yeah that's exactly it uh, who who uses this kind of instrument
1: yeah the Percival, um is often used in in research applications um, and um, also at uh, at say airports for example, where they might want to know um, exactly the type of precipitation that's falling at a, at a given time um, we actually had one interesting application uh earlier this year uh in the automotive industry where uh for self-driving vehicles they wanted to to calibrate um some sensors on the vehicle with exactly the type of precipitation that's falling so for example how is the sensor at the front of the vehicle uh, performing when snow is falling versus rain versus sleet so there's um yeah a lot of a lot of interesting and and different ways that you can use the parsable um, for both practical meteorological applications and also for for different types of research like that.
0: When we look into a future and then midterm maybe, midterm and long-term, what do you think, uh, in which direction precipitation monitoring will go and how um, does its importance will develop in the future?
1: Well, for me, I think it's, it's, that increasing move towards wanting systems to to be as automated and as low maintenance as possible you don't want to have to constantly send out um observers to go manage a rain gauge or measure precipitation uh it's particularly important in remote regions so say you have yeah your precipitation sensor high on a mountain or in a remote um desert somewhere you don't have time to to send someone out um to take care of a sensor and to maintain it all that frequently. It's a, it's a high cost, both in terms of travel and in terms of, of just time of your, your engineers and scientists. So the better that these sensors can perform unattended for long periods, um, then the more a meteorological agency is able to, uh, to manage a bigger network and, uh, and get, more, get more data and get better data. Um, to help them to help them understand the climate and to make better forecasts.
0: Kurt, you've been observing the industry for a long time. Uh, from your experience, what do you think In which direction will this go?
2: Yes, Brett said, reliability at remote sites and maintenance schedules, defined maintenance schedules are very important for the users. Uh, but on the other side, also the measuring performance uh, is uh, the, the key to yeah to proceed on the on the old traditional method of observation, where humans or person has made observations by mechanical or manual operated instruments and finally this is still the benchmark for all invented industrial automotive um, sensors so we have to 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 reach out for that kind of measuring performance to guarantee that automated instrument can provide data which are consents consistently and uh, um, comparable to the historical time series of of the humans. And finally, this is not an easy task, but Authydromant has invented all these uh, kind of sensors with high performance to meet minimum the WMO requirements and to be really the best instrument and the standard for methodological services. For example, we have spoken about uh, the Pluvio, which is very precisely and accurately, but the possible has an embedded uh, extremely homogeneous laser device to generate a homogeneous laser band to be able to measure each particle regardless of where it falls through the measuring area with the appropriate accuracy and size and velocity and um, this instrument is calibrated in our facilities once and for its lifetime so accuracy matters and
0: calibration matters so we take care of both So it's still an interesting field to look for in the future to measure uh, with highest accuracy and lowest maintenance, lowest or possible lowest maintenance. I fear that we're at the end of today's episode because the clock is ticking. And um, I want to thank you very much for having you in this show and to our listeners. um, I would like to ask how you and whether you liked our podcast series until now and if there are any topics that you would like to cover in the future. Just send out an email to experts at oddhydromed.com and I'm looking forward to hearing from you and I'm looking forward to uh, working on more podcast episodes. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Kurt, for your time. Hear you soon. Thanks, Martin. Thanks, Martin. Let's talk about the weather.